0: Welcome to the Jay Scott Outdoors Podcast. Today we are going to be talking about Nevada big game applications and hunting. Uh, we've got uh, Jordan Christensen and Jason Browning of The Draw on Instagram. They're known as We Are The Draw. Uh, guys, how's it going? Good. How are you, Jay? Doing just fine. Uh, we're staring at it, looks like uh, April 29th. Uh, deadline, uh, application deadline for Nevada. We've been chopping through these different states, and you guys have done a phenomenal job uh, breaking down and outlining these different states. So I thought I'd get you on and talk about Nevada uh, should give us, you know, today's the 8th of April should give us a good, uh listeners, a good 20 days to be able to take the information that you guys are going to uh, tell us about and be able to interpret that and, and put that into their own uh, application strategy for Nevada. Um, so let's just dive into Nevada. Before we get into that, uh, just want to just want to catch up with you guys, uh, give you guys a chance to uh, greet the listeners, uh, tell the listeners that haven't listened to the podcast with you guys. Uh, before, just a little bit about what you guys do, and then we'll go into it. Perfect. I uh, appreciate it, Jay. Yeah, Um.
1: actually, even to just start with, if you didn't mind, I was going to have a small retraction here at the beginning of this. We did a Colorado one a couple weeks ago, Jay, and I had, a, I guess, a, a lapse uh, for a second as we had gotten started and uh, had talked about the Colorado Black Bear being a qualifying license uh, uh when you're getting started to, with your applications in colorado this this last year and uh, uh mostly just wanted to apologize to guys who got in there and uh uh were planning on doing that based on what we said and then kind of ran into a confusing moment um obviously it, w- it wouldn't let you do it um but still uh apologize to guys who uh had to fight through that for a minute so uh, on uh because of a mistake on my end but uh um yeah in the back, yeah uh, you, uh, you know
0: uh, one of those things um, the computer wouldn't let you move forward, so I'm sure they figured out real quickly that a, the bear license wasn't a qualifying license, so I appreciate you saying that uh, you guys have been so in depth with all of your information uh, to one to make one little um, minor um, you know you basically misspoke um, that, that's no big deal, but I appreciate you bringing that up uh, have the uh, calls and such from application uh, for the different states. Have they been coming in nice and steady? And have you guys been busy with dealing with uh, all these different Western states applications since we've done some podcasts?
1: Absolutely, Jay. It's uh, fantastic. Your listeners are, are great. So many are like very engaged guys. So a lot of them. Uh, we're definitely getting some some guys that are just getting started in one state or the other, but we really enjoy the conversation with your listeners because so many of them are spending time listening to your uh, podcast. They're also going to GoHunt.com, looking uh, at the filtering 2.0 feature, um, and we, we definitely get into a, a little deeper context with some of your listeners, and we enjoy that. That's a lot of fun to uh, start talking even theory and some of that type of
0: stuff uh, with your listeners, uh, we enjoy it very much. They seem to be yeah, better educated as a group. Yeah, I appreciate that, Jason. Um, both of you guys, Jordan and Jason, uh, you know, have an immense background in uh, outfitting. Have a background in cab applications. Uh, you know, you apply your families and your own, you know, selves for these for these different states. Um, so, you know, bring, you guys bring an amazing amount of knowledge. I want to point out, you mentioned GoHunt.com, the insider, the filtering 2.0, uh, as we've talked about before and as the listeners are aware, uh, GoHunt is a sponsor of this podcast. Uh, and the insider is an amazing tool, in my opinion, the best, uh, Western hunting resource tool out there for guys wanting to break down and look at the different, Uh, you know, harvest objectives, uh, draw on different animals in all the different states, Uh, but you guys write the strategy articles for GoHunt.com for the Insider for a bunch of the different states, and you guys as well use the Insider on a daily basis. I want to put you guys on the spot just a little bit and just talk briefly about how you use the insider in order to look at whether it be mule deer or sheep or elk or, you know, antlerless licenses for, for elk or whatever it may be, how do you use the insider uh, in order to base your opinions and some of your, uh, you know, your application strategies off of that? Uh, we use it every day here at the Draw, Jay. We we. Um it's become such a vital tool for us. I can't even imagine not having it now that you have it. You know, you don't know you're missing it till you have it, and then it would really be missed. Um, the thing that's really effective and that I use a lot is I use those scrolls to move and change, and you can just, at your fingertip, you can look at so many, I mean, in five minutes, I can look at so many options in five minutes with the filtering 2.0 that would have taken me hours to research and write down and Figure out and mine through the data. It just really has sped up the process for us, and it gives us the ability to give our customers answers quickly when they ask us about certain things, which you just didn't really have at your fingertips prior to Go Hunt coming out with that. And the really cool factor about that program is how you can change those levels and scores and potential scores, and um, you know you just can go go through the data so fast. And to me, that's what makes it really, really special. Yeah, I mean whether you're looking for something with two points, three points, you know, five you know, five to ten. I mean you can go point levels, you can go size of bucks, you know, I'm looking for, you know, one sixty to one eighty bucks, I'm looking for, you know, one eighty plus. I mean, there's a way to filter it all and then go, Okay, there's seven units that I need to be looking at for, you know, three fifty plus bulls or you know, there's thirteen units in in this state. Uh, that I need to be looking at for bulls between, you know, 300 and 350 I mean, it's, it's pretty neat how you can basically filter the whole data. Uh, I will add that uh, if you go to GoHunt.com forward slash J. Scott, uh, you can get a $50 gift card just for signing up for GoHunt.com Insider. Um, guys, let's go ahead and dive into Nevada. We've got this uh, April 29th deadline looming, Uh, So, I'll let you take the floor uh, and basically walk the listeners through uh, the application process in Nevada, and then uh, we'll then kind of take each uh, animal, if you will, and kind of go through them uh, uh, briefly. Sure, sure.
1: You know, I mean, even just kind of calling out a little bit, Jay, what we do and what our our business is, is very much, you know, the reality is that we're very much a A convenience type service. I mean, the act of actually going on uh, to a state website and applying for a permit isn't so much of a daunting task nowadays, and maybe more so in Nevada with the map system that they use to help you identify exactly what unit, what weapon, uh, what season dates, all of that um, is is really uh, quite an amazing. Uh, feature that they have on Nevada's website. And so, you know, as it gets down to actually applying, this is so much more of a convenient service that we are apply- that, that we do for our clients, guys who don't have enough time to manage through lots of different deadlines, uh, manage through lots of different times of research and type of stuff like that. Uh, all of that's so available with GoHunt. It really just is a matter of uh, if guys don't have the time or don't want to take the time because they're doing what they do every day. That's where we can really fill a void and, and manage through a lot of that. And Nevada, like I say, it's probably um, the the most one of the most user-friendly application uh, websites that I've found. Um, you know, jumping into what Nevada is and how it works and how that draw process works. So this is this is very much a pure bonus point state, uh, Jay, with uh meaning that there is no max point pool. Um, Everybody's got essentially a raffle ticket in the bucket. And what Nevada has done is they square your points every year so that you're getting more presence in the draw um, every time that you apply. So with one year, you have one ticket in the bucket. By the time you get to year 10, you have 100 tickets in the bucket because you have 10 points that they've squared plus one for that year. So you have one uh, 101 chances at any particular. Now, uh, that being said, uh, you know, personal opinion, Nevada's tough, Jay. Nevada is, a, is definitely a state that when I'm looking at all of the applications across the country, this is kind of uh, my long shot. This is uh, almost a unicorn tag, so to speak, for most of the species in that state. It's very difficult for a non-resident to draw in, in uh, Nevada. That being said, to not have it part of your, of your application strategy each year is probably a mistake for guys who are looking for above average. The, the management strategy uh, in so many of the species, all of the species really in Nevada, um, seems to be a, uh, better than or above what a lot of the other western states. So even for how hard it is to draw and the time and the money that you're putting in for it, when that day comes, it will arguably be one of the very best chances you have at an above-average representation of, of whatever species you're going after. So um, it's not for everybody, but Nevada, for guys looking for above-average animals, is definitely something that
0: they need to get involved in. So from a trophy quality standpoint, it's, it's once you draw a tag, it can be a very, very good state. And it, Would you put it up there with any of the states? or uh, above any of the states as far as quality across the board?
1: You know, for, for me, um, I think we've even said this in the past, like uh, top-end quality for deer and elk, we'll just kind of even focus on that. You know, it's hard to argue Colorado for deer, Utah for deer and elk, Nevada for deer and elk, um, and Arizona for deer and elk. Those tend to be kind of our top contenders uh, year in and year out and I don't know where I would necessarily rank it in that group Um, for the deer. uh, You know, at a minimum, their management strategy is probably second only to Colorado. The statewide objective is 30 bucks per hundred does. And so just inherently that's going to give a guy a better chance at some, at some age class in pretty much anywhere he's going. Um, So by default, you go to even a mid-tier unit in Nevada, and outside of maybe some places you've been in Colorado, or if you've been lucky and drawn some elite permit in in uh, in some of these other western states, a mid-tier unit in Nevada is going to you know give you a, a heck of an opportunity to to do something
0: better than average for sure. Right on. And I assume that Nevada is uh, online only, or do they also allow a paper application? You know, um, yeah, two years ago was the last time that
1: they did paper applications, so we're uh, moving into two years now that they have not done it. The one thing that the listeners need to know of, especially if they're, if Nevada is, this is kind of a year one possibly for Nevada, is that this is one of the only western states that actually requires a photo of their hunter's education card on file um, when they when they prior to applying. So I believe the cutoff. Ah, I'm gonna, I I, I won't uh, throw a date out there. I want to say it's like in the 1960, possibly 1960 is the cutoff. If you were born before that, you're in good shape. If you were born after that. Um, then you need to be prepared to send a photocopy of your hunter's education, which uh, for some guys, that is easier said than done. I believe you can also send, uh, if you have a state license from another state that's showing the hunter's education number on there, that too will be a qualifier. But where we've got a few weeks before the deadline, um, if you're planning on Nevada Absolutely, do not wait on this state towards the deadline. Get that at least get that piece of the puzzle taken care of as quickly as you can, because they're going to get inundated with a lot of folks right at the very end. Um, and it's, it's probably not going to happen if you haven't done it at least a week or two out.
0: Okay, good good to know. Um, why don't you just dive in and and go through the whole process, and then you know just take the floor. Sure. So with Nevada, it's really one of the most, uh, uh,
1: I don't even know what the word is you'd put on it. They're very giving when it is your turn to draw, essentially. And what, what that means is so many states have one, maybe two choices that are looked at prior to moving to the next applicant. But if your name finally gets pulled in Nevada, they're going to look at, five different selections prior to moving to the next applicant and so it gives the guy a lot of different opportunities to have a lot of strategy around what their real goal is and what they're trying to accomplish in Nevada on any given species. Um, You know historically or more often than not with five choices a guy has the opportunity that may be different than any other state where he can always, without question, swing for the fence on what he believes to be the best hunt or two, you know, depending on weapon, depending on season dates, whatever it is that he feels like would be his or her dream hunt. To not put that as your first or second choice is is a mistake. And now, depending on what your goals are, you may run through the other three uh, selections with similar type goals in mind, looking for just the very top-end, top-tier kind of units for any given species, or if the idea is let's go hunting as often as we can and let's see if we can get lucky, let's get some value out of the money that we're sending to Nevada, then it gives us a chance to even put up to three kind of uh, better odds, chase the odds type of, uh, of situations. And where We know that there's not a finish line ever for any applicant. There's no way to ever be at 100% chance of drawing outside of possibly, I guess, a a, a, a unit or a hunt that's been historically undersubscribed. Then this allows us to be aggressive, um, meanwhile, never selling ourselves short because if by some miracle we come out really early on any given species, by all means, let's go to the very best Nevada has to offer based on, on what, what your goals are. So that's a huge opportunity, um, and it, it allows for a lot of twists and turns on what guys' actual agenda is and what they're trying to accomplish. Um, that's, uh, you know, the other, the other thing I'll throw in there in why guys kind of come and go or, or maybe don't get started in Nevada is that $155 hunting license up front seems a little daunting um once you've bought that it's definitely uh very affordable to get the most out of that by applying for as many species of interest so we get two chances to draw sheep both uh, an application specific to california bighorns and another one specific to desert bighorns then we can do deer and elk and uh uh, and antelope. So, um, if we're a, a, a resident of Nevada, then they also have the Rocky Mountain bighorns. So, three different sheep chances, as well as the the mountain goat. Um, it's been a few years since we've seen a mountain goat co- end up in the non-resident pool. Um, and I, honestly, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't even think there ever has been a Rocky tag given to. Uh, maybe there has uh, to non-residents, but it's been quite some time. So. Um, once you're in, you've bought the $155 hunting license, they're going to add a, a $1 uh, fee at the end of your transaction, so it ends up actually being 156 bucks. But uh, as hard as it is to draw, you might as well be putting in for everything and see which one you can get lucky at, for sure.
0: Right on. Um, how are conditions, what are you hearing about Nevada, before we dive into the rest of the application stuff, what are you hearing about conditions for this coming year? Is it much like all over the West that we've been talking about? All of the, you know the great moisture conditions that we that we've been seeing.
1: It really is, Jay. Um, it's been pretty exciting. You know, uh, the, the the bulk of the state has really been under a lot of uh, of drought conditions, which, kind of interestingly enough, they're kind of blaming uh, the, the drought conditions and the fires. Uh, that have been happening in Nevada the last couple of years, a little bit on the decline of the overall mule deer population. Meanwhile, it's been kind of uh, increasing the antelope habitat, and, and you're definitely seeing some better-than-average stuff happening um, f- for the antelope. Overall, year over year, I mean, we're at only about 30% of the state is considered, uh, actually even just a little less than 30%, is is considered... Uh, abnormally dry. Meanwhile, it's showing on the, uh, you know, the drought.gov, you know, the drought tracker um, that the government has out there that only about 3.6% of the whole state is even in any level of drought, like say almost 30%, maybe a little abnormally dry, but only 3%, uh, uh, 3 3.6% is showing actual drought conditions. The real crazy one is when you start looking at the snow depth analysis and even comparing 2018 to 2019 so in the go hunt strategy article that's uh, that's up on gohunt.com right now there's a head-to-head showing the difference between um early march in 2019 versus late march excuse me early march 20 yeah 18 and late march 2019 and it's amazing jay like there is so little snow at all in the entire state of Nevada last year, early March. And by the end of March this year, there are a few places that have over 8,000 feet of elevation that don't have good snowpack. I mean, you've even got some of the mountains cleared down by Las Vegas that are still holding on to snow, snowpack, let alone you get, uh, I mean, really anywhere else in the state from uh, over by Reno to above Winnemucca, the whole northern above Elko and Wendover and all the Jarbridge and all that, just, like, extensive amounts of snow. Um, and the crazy thing about Nevada is I'm sure that there are areas that have some sort of winter kill occasionally and whatnot, but being that just those mountains that seems like come out of nowhere, those deer often have somewhere, the elk too, to go always like there's another level of elevation they can drop down to so you don't see as much of that in nevada in most of the state as as you do in other western states and uh, where some of these other states are really nervous right now about if they continue to get some any any severe cold fronts we could be in real trouble um nevada every time we see conditions like this it's just a home run like You're not going to have any major winter kills very often in that state, and all you did is just fill up reservoirs, uh, soak the ground, and and 2019, just like in Arizona and New Mexico, um, I mean, should be an absolute banner year to have either an elk or a deer tag in your pocket.
0: That's awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing all the pictures of all the um, lucky draw recipients of tags. Uh, Let's just dive into each individual animal right now and go through them. Sure, sure. So um, I guess we'll probably start with desert. I find, Jay,
1: that more often than not when I'm getting started with a guy in Nevada, it's because of desert bighorns. Primarily that's going to be the number one kind of tipping point for a guy to say, yes, I want to get started in, in Nevada. And the reason for that is for a number of years now, Nevada's offering over 30 desert bighorn permits to non-residents. And and typically, it's been five uh, California bighorn permits, but with some changes that we're seeing this year, um, it's even going to be higher than that. And so with over 30 desert bighorn permits available, that's more than every other state offering a desert bighorn combined. That's that right. is, And so if that's a high-priority species for a guy to not have your name in the hat, to not have five different units you're being selected for, um, you know, it's really something that a guy should should really consider. And for non-residents, it's a little bit of kind of a concept we talk a lot of uh, here at the draw about, which is equal odds or good odds. The unfortunate reality, Jay, is is that that Nevada has such a mature point system. I think, like, max points this year is clear up to 26 uh for non-residents on a lot of the, most of the species. So we've got a mature point system and where they're squaring the number of points, uh, a net new user might have, is going to have a less than 1% chance of drawing a sheep tang, but, and crazy enough, guys with 20 points are probably gonna have less than 1% chance. And so in the big picture, it's kind of it's it's very similar to equal odds. It's not exactly equal odds. It's not in Idaho. It's not in New Mexico. But for all intents purposes, you got your name in a bucket, and it's anybody's game because there is a lot of tickets in each of those buckets. And so it gives it gives you a chance for sure. And uh, you know, so that's kind of a starting point. Again, kind of back to that concept. If we're going to start with anything, we might as well be getting the most value out of that hunting license and applying for more species. So kind of staying on, on track with deserts, uh, a couple of things that have happened this year that are that are exciting for non-residents is there's two new hunt selections. Um, overall, this will have very little effect, but some positive effect. It's going to spread out the applicants just a little bit more. Um, both units or hunts, I guess you could say, that, that are now available to non-residents have been hunted previously uh, for years by the residents. It's just that there's enough in there now that that they're offering it to the non-resident so units uh 045 and 153 that's one hunt code i mean 150 to 160 class rams um but you know it, overall this could as the smoke clears kind of become one of these units that gets overlooked they're they're not killing a whole lot of big rams in there there are some areas that are awfully physical where you know um and it, 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 it could be one of these ones where if you're not if you don't care exactly how big of a sheep you're going to be hunting you just want to see a sheep tag in your pocket um time will tell but uh, this could be a new one kind of on the bottom okay. of, of the list in nevada and then they did an okay. early hunter they split 161
0: okay 161 and what kind of quality in there
1: um, 160 plus Rams typically um, you know I think that uh, uh, we're gonna see uh, probably now that they're splitting that and there's going to be a few more opportunities and a few things like that um, the age class could uh, we could see a little top end get knocked off in 161 but overall that that unit historically has produced quite well so I don't think that's going to be a major issue in 161 and then across the board there's New dates on nine different hunts, which are kind of uh, th- the state of Nevada is pretty notorious for this. If they have success rates that that they think that they can positively affect by shifting dates uh, around, then they'll do it. Uh, it's kind of different. You don't see that very often in western states, and, and I think they took a hard look at a lot of different units that maybe don't have as high success rates as as, as they wanted, and either extended those dates or shifted them slightly. And I think that's just uh, that's coming into play again this year with, with nine different season dates even for on hunts that have existed
0: for a while. With 30 deserts being offered to non-residents, uh, the guy out there that's listening that literally has never applied in the state of Nevada before, I mean, does he have a chance mathematically? does he actually have a chance to draw a tag in the state of Nevada? Yeah,
1: yeah, he does, Jay. I mean,
0: um, you typically we talked out about not buy great every, odds, Yeah, you, you should have buy a, a
1: Powerball ticket, the stars of aligned. I mean, I'd be uh you it would be shocking because the odds are are quite low. I mean, we're talking about a, probably a point zero zero one percent chance. But but that's the beauty of it. Even Even these guys who've been in 10 or 12 years are still at very, I mean, we're talking decimal point kind of odds. And so, yes, mathematically, the numbers are a little hard to look at when we really break it down. But overall, if I've got 1% or less and the guy next to me has been doing it 10 or 15, 20 years and he has less than 1%, I mean, I kind of feel like I'm in the running. I, I know I'm
0: in the running. So, <laughs> so you're saying there's a
1: chance. <laughs> there, there is a chance, yeah. It and, and the volume of tags and the amount of, of units is really kind of this perfect storm where it makes sense for guys who are interested in that species to not be applying for Nevada is, is, is a tough one, right? Um let alone, you know, another thing we haven't talked about much, Jay, or at all yet, is the Silver State option. So it's even one more. I mean, for all intents purposes, it's probably very similar odds. But once you're you're in there, you're applying for those. You're going to have the option to check a box for the Silver State uh, tags. It's twenty dollars. Um, you know, it's uh, it's one. I mean, when we're trying to draw a desert, it's all about. It's not about any individual odds. It's about how many names, how many buckets can I get my name in, and who knows where your name's going to come out. But but get your name in as many different buckets as you can. And in Nevada, for a non-resident, it's pretty amazing because you have the actual draw, two different species. You got the Silver State with two different species, and then you even have a, a later the Dream Tags, which again two two different species in there. So six different buckets that you can have your name in, um, and it's you know it's because they're doing a lot of good for sheep populations. Nevada kind of is a standout on how many offerings. I mean, they're gonna they they're scheduled to off, have over two hundred and eighty total sheep tags available for twenty nineteen in that state between the three different species. So it's a huge That's opportunity unreal. for non residents um, It's unreal. It's it's unreal this day and age it's unbelievable that there's that much going on in nevada in that species
0: so jordan if you were going to take you know say the top two to top five units as far as quality what would they be and then the converse of that you know if 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 you were going to say if you've already mentioned two that you know if, if quality necessarily size of ram isn't the biggest concern is there you know, two, three, four, five units that you would say, you know, you might consider these?
1: You know, uh, probably I would want to focus mostly around Las Vegas and that very southern end of Nevada. Historically, that's always going to, those mountains are brutal, they're deep, they're big, and they just lend themselves to age class. Um, So, you know, if I'm going to put a number on it, like 262 Spring Mountain, 263 Highland, 267 black mountain 268 muddy mountains all of those down in the south end i mean um there's going to be big rams out of really every one of those units or potentially out of every one of those units in and around las vegas lake mead um and even drifting a little bit further north in like the 280 you know 280 281 282 and 283 um it's just you've got great genetics good populations and a, and a pretty legitimate chance at a 170-plus ram. As far as sleepers go, um, like I say, as if guys take a hard look at what 45 and 153 is, I think there's a chance that that could end up with a little better odds. Others are going to be, um, you know, 44 and 182 up by Winnemucca. It's that big unit south of Winnemucca, south of I-80 right there. Um, I think that that's a pretty good unit for guys. Like, Finding something outside of what everyone, like sheep is so dissected, right? Like there's so many guys every year that are trying to beat each other and be smarter than each other. Like really the only time you can find, quote, unquote, a hidden gem, Jay, in my opinion, is either a low sheep density or extremely physical or both, right? And so right, you, right. you're going to be giving up something um, or you're, you're taking on a task uh, that others didn't want to because it's still such a right. high demand species. Um, you know, I find another thing to think about and and uh, might help is you know historically around Tonopah, you know the 212, 213. Uh, you know they've got early and late on those right now. Um, you know strategy wise, inherently if a guy's looking at those units he's probably going to be looking at the unit as a whole, and he's going to pick the early and the late as a default, right? He's going to put both of those selections in his line of five. Well, you would imagine that those tags on the early are going to inherently be gone prior to the late ones because if everyone's putting first and second choice early and late uh, on those types of units, then the the early season will be gone first. So if a guy's trying to get a little tiny, tiny edge on something, then only applying for late uh, leaves more opportunity to apply for some other quote-unquote sleepers or better odds types units because he's avoiding the fact that so many guys are going to just look at the unit and then apply early and late, where – the, the late is really where the opportunity probably is more often than not on, on those as far as just having a little bit
0: better edge. Gotcha. Uh, let's talk a little bit. Let's move to California Bighorn. Sure. Um, California, is,
1: you know, this is another super success story going on in uh, in in Nevada, up in the northwest corner of the state, Jay. I mean, um uh, it, for the first time in a long time, maybe ever in California, um, applicants are going to actually have to choose uh, to leave one of the the opportunities out, one of the selections. For a long time, it's just there's been four of them, and put all four on your on your application and see what happens. It, this is one of the hardest sheep tags probably in the in the country to draw uh, for residents or non residents. Twenty plus years you you were not even getting to a 1% chance um but once we bought that hunting license for an extra 14 bucks what if right and so as we look at it you know 51 is a new selection this year jay this is uh this is one of the the new selections that they've allowed us uh the non-residents to apply for Overall, there isn't a very good sheep density in 51 comparing it to like 35 or 34 or or any of that, but they have killed a 170-plus ram two years in a row out of 51, which is a massive, I mean, that is a tank of a California. So if a guy, you know, is willing to know that you're just not going to see a lot of sheep and all of that, but you want to swing for the fence, you know, 51 probably ought to... Be one of your top picks up there. Um, Over a long period of time, 12 is probably on the bottom end of all of that. I think you're going to see a lot less applicants in 12 this year as they shift over and uh, and are leaving that one out of the mix. So you'd imagine that's probably going to create the opportunity uh, to have at least the least number of applicants applying for 12 Uh, overall they don't produce very big rams in in unit 12 and there's a very you know it's it's just not a historically it's not a great hunt for a big ram but if you're like me like i don't care like i
0: just gotta have a you just want a ram <laughs> yeah i gotta have
1: so, you know, if
0: I, I got, got a- that from the colorado uh podcast you did i just want a ram tag in my pocket um if i okay and i i know that the california bighorn are not available to non excuse me the california bighorn are available to non-residents but the rocky mountain bighorn are not available to non-residents if you were speaking to some of the residents that were looking at rocky uh what would you tell them
1: you know what an exciting year Jay like I mean not only are we seeing some more opportunity for the non-residents in both the California and the desert but to see them open up you know ninety one and seventy four this year um, and offer what's probably gonna equate to one tag in each of those units uh, is is pretty darn exciting i I think that uh, we're on the very front end of what these two units could turn into and it's exciting for them to to realize that there's some class 4 rams that are that probably need to be taken out of those herds and whether this lasts a long time hopefully it does or or not um, to allow hunters to go in there and be a part of the conservation and be a part of the management strategy is is a home run and just like for non-residents this year uh the uh the residents are going to have a few more options to to put on their application and as a resident like to not be taking advantage of that for a few bucks to have your name in that hat i mean what if Uh, you know as far as trophy quality and whatnot the rumors on the street right now are 74 is going to produce a pretty darn big ram um I don't know if anyone's feeling quite the same in '91. '91, it's a little easier to get a bead on because you've got the the, the Newfoundland Mountains there in Utah, semi close. You got to think that. Uh, I guess those are California's there. I'm probably about to make another blunder on your podcast <laughs> here, but '91 '91 doesn't have his his story of of you know having big Rams. Um, one fourteen and one fifteen are by far the highest uh, populations in the state that's the that's the units that have been hunted for a long time. Um, you know if you're up for a super low sheet density and a chance that it, it may be an above average nevada rocky seventy four is is probably worth considering. If you're more interested in just um you know a quality hunt, you know we kind of probably gotta to go back to one fourteen and one fifteen as our as our go to's. Um, there's just a lot higher sheep population in those units than the other two.
0: Okay, guys, before we jump into uh, the other animals, I want to take just a second to thank the sponsors of the podcast. Uh, you obviously heard me talking before about the Go Hunt Insider. If you go to gohunt.com forward slash JScott, uh, you can sign up for the Go Hunt Insider. You're going to automatically get a $50. GoHunt gear shop gift card just for signing up. I want to thank them for their sponsorship. I also want to thank GoHunt.com optics department. Cody Nelson, my friend of 20 plus years, is the optics manager. I call him the glassing guru. I've done a number of podcasts uh, with him uh, talking about optics, uh, talking about glassing. Uh, If you have any optical needs at all, whether it's binoculars, spotting scopes, tripods, rifle scopes, Uh, Give him a call at 702-847-8747, that's extension 2. You can also send him an email directly, that's optics at gohunt.com. I also want to thank kuyu.com for their sponsorship, Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. You can find out more about them at kuyu.com, K-U-I-U.com. That is the ultralight hunting gear that I wear on all of my hunts. I uh, want to thank Canyon Coolers based right out of Flagstaff, Arizona. Go to CanyonCoolers.com. If you use the J. Scott 19 promo code, you're going to get a 10% discount. I also want to thank Phonescope.com. That's the digiscoping device that I use uh, for all of the photos and videos that you see on my Instagram page. If you use the J. Scott 19 promo code at Phonescope.com, you're going to get a 10% discount. And last but not least, onxmaps.com. If you use the JSCOT19 promo code, you're going to get a 20% discount there at onxmaps.com. Uh, Onyx is the app that I use on my phone on all the hunts that I go on, whether I'm at the Ot 6 Ranch, whether I'm guiding in Mexico, uh, turkey hunting, uh, you name it, sheep hunting, uh, I use X Maps all the time. So I want to thank uh, the sponsors of the podcast um, Jordan and Jason let's dive into we've talked about sheep uh, let's go ahead and dive into mule deer in the state of Nevada and one thing that's so cool about Nevada is it constantly is kicking out um, great mule deer bucks and they've got some great opportunity there so let's talk a little bit about the mule deer hunting in the state of Nevada sure
1: so, kind of, what we you know, one of the things I'll bring back up, Jay, is that the overall management strategy in Nevada is to have thirty bucks per hunter does, and so, you know, uh, there's definitely some units that aren't living up to that. There's actually eight units that are managed for thirty-five bucks per hundred does, um, but overall, uh, that the whole state is 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 trying to get to that, and they're not doing it in every single unit, but. Uh, that's where their mindset at, and, and they, they are, uh, you know, there and beyond that in some of these different units. So, as mule deer goes, it's the one species, Jay, that you can actually have a party application on. I would recommend against that uh, very strongly, uh, for the most part, outside of maybe some of the the archery stuff um, that's a little easier to draw on a few portions of the state, but it's the one place that we can actually have a buddy on the same application as us. Um, the other thing I'd probably like to say, too, Jay, is, you know, one of the concepts we talk about here uh, uh, when we're dealing with guys in Nevada is, you know, that guided pool, and I know you did some stuff earlier on that, but I just wanted to bring that up a little bit. Like, if you know that you're going to be guided in Nevada, then to not be taking advantage of the, uh, of that guided pool draw is a mistake. And so we line guys up. As soon as they're ready to, we're going to be making introductions and getting them pointed in the right direction because it, you should. There, is, there are some of the very best tags in the state that are gone from the draw prior to even uh, this normal draw happening with that guide pool and the way that it works there. So um, for any of your listeners, uh, at least the guys we're talking to, um, if, if we know that that's going to be the end result, um, we should we should be taking advantage of that in years to come, especially once you get a few points under your belt, right? Um, for sure. That being said, that being said, if we know we're not going guided or we've or, uh, missed that guide deadline, it's a little earlier, whatever it is, um, you know, same, similar concept. We have five different selections, and depending on what your goals are, you know, we're going to at least want to swing for the fence on on what we believe to be some of the very best stuff in the state and then maybe chase the odds a little bit more on uh, as we move forward into selection three, four, and five. And so, you know, for me, Jay, um some of the standout say top picks in in uh in nevada are probably going to be a lot of the stuff around pioch um the 245 to uh 241 to 245 the late rifle on 221 223 that 131 134 uh late i mean uh there's been some phenomenal deer coming off of that one um Something that isn't necessarily hard to draw, or excuse me, is still rather hard to draw, but I think it kind of flies under the radar a little bit, Jay, is that Unit 81 muzzleloader. The season dates on that are spectacular. Like November 21 through early December, there are some big deer coming out of that that unit that time of year. And then the late stuff kind of up through the jarbridge, 071 through 79 and 91, um, again, these are kind of the top end. If we're looking for that 180 plus deer and a chance at something even more spectacular, uh, for me, that's definitely kind of the go-to units. Uh, historically, they're producing that kind of deer, and that northeast corner is maybe coming on a little bit more even than in years past. It's it's been pretty special. Uh, a few real special deer have come out of there lately. Um, you know, as far as guys that are just wanting to go hunting. I think, uh, you know, Nevada is a tough state to do that, and it's not uh, not one that we get a ton of opportunity earlier than late, but we definitely have a few. And if we look as far from, you know, further from the rut, primitive weapons, all of those types of things to find those opportunities, um, you know, those August 10th through September 9th archery hunts, you know, Unit 203, as well as a group of units around Eureka and and headed up towards Battle Mountain in kind of the center of the state, with one point, Jay, you've got about a 25% or a better than 25% chance at drawing either of those. So one in four odds aren't horrible at all. It definitely gets better and better as we start getting into two or three points. I mean, we get up into that 50% chance, and there ends up being a number of different hunt selections and those archery hunts particularly most of them not not all of them but a lo- most of them are kind of regions of units that we could end up drawing but very few applicants are looking at that some of these like unit 183 uh, you know I think that's unit 251 183 184 there was one applicant last year right one wow. one guy put in for that for those uh, those archery permits. So I mean these are that that 251 on average. You know there's about a 170 uh, percent you know 170 class trophy potential in that area. Almost uh, a little over 40 percent of the bucks that were killed were were four point or better, and we've got very close to 100 percent public land in those parts of the state. So overall, we're not going to see a ton of deer. We're we're, you know, we're, we're in parts of the state that just don't have a high deer density, but we've got a good buck to doe management uh, agenda that the state has, a decent trophy potential, and with a couple of points, we can go hunting in Nevada a lot more often than, than, we, than we typically think, as long as we're willing to kind of go on those less-than-premier type of hunts. We just want to go deer hunting. And it's a little bit like we talked about in Colorado, like inherently, because of what the state of Nevada is doing and their management and all these things we've talked about, you're going to probably have a pretty positive experience on any of these units like there it, so many states don't even have near the kind of buck to do management agenda uh, as Nevada does, and so it just lends itself to a pretty positive uh, a hunting experience, not overcrowded with people um, very often and Uh, a chance at a a big deer. So, um, yeah, deer's got to be on, uh, this would probably be the only other species that most guys are getting started in Nevada for. It's oftentimes the deer or the desert bighorn. But if we're going to do one or the other, we ought to do all of them.
0: For sure. Let's dive into the elk.
1: Sure. So um, elk is pretty special in, 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 In uh, Nevada it it used to be one of the most expensive uh, permits at 1200 bucks a year but nowadays with some of these other states kind of catching up um, it's it's really not that much out of you know outside of what a number of these states are charging for their elk permit Um, there is uh, no party applications for elk and you know again a pretty strict uh, uh, buck to or bull to cow ratio management I, I don't have that number right off the top of my head like I, I do the mule deer 1J but I know it's high and you have a a lot of the state right now is above objective or a number of units are above objective in the total number of elk that the unit has this year and so we're expecting to kind of see maybe either or staying with what they what they did last year, or maybe even some increase in a, in a few of these places, and definitely in some of the antlerless stuff, we're probably going to see some uh, additional tags being offered. But if a guy's wanting to to look for the very best uh, in Nevada, um, typically I'm going to probably pick uh, 111 through 115, which I don't think is that far out of what a lot of guys are going to be saying. Um, but 221 to 223, 231, all, all three of those probably, Jay, a pretty top shelf elk comes a chance. Now, this last year, the poor guys who had the tag, I think that there was a struggle. <laughs> right? That was uh, oh, it yeah. was
0: brutal. I mean, miserable.
1: Though, I know guys who spent some extensive amount of time in those units looking for you know something above average, and it was it was tough to find even three fifty plus in those in those units this year. But it kind of lends itself to why we think this coming year is going to be so good. I think a lot of those bills yeah. were either broken or stunted or whatever it was, or both, and uh, we're going to have an age class on the mountain that we haven't seen in a long time on on a lot of units in in Nevada, but particularly, you know, those units historically have produced so well. Guys were passing bulls that on another unit might have been a shooter, and they wanted something better because of what the history is on those units, and it just didn't happen. So this year could be... Absolutely incredible for the caliber of bulls. As far as like uh, some sleepers and stuff, maybe flying under the radar a little bit. Um, I'm I'm kind of a fan of 161. The bull to cow ratio is 55 bulls to 100, 100 cows. 70 plus percent of the bulls last year were that had that were killed had six points or better on one side. I mean, I, I know that that's not a, a super high high population of animals, and that's why that bull to cow ratio. Um, is is slightly deceiving, but overall, if you're seeing elk, you're going to see bulls, and with a pretty good success rate and and a high number of bulls being six point or better, like that's a that's a fantastic one. And then the other one is probably with the the units sixty two through sixty four, sixty six through sixty eight, up in the very northern part of the state. Jay, I mean, with five points, a guy's in the ninety nine percent chance of drawing for an archery tag. And with 10 points, you're at 52% chance with the muzzy and 39% chance uh, with 10 points for the rifle. Uh, again, probably not a super high density of elk that are, are living up in those parts of the state, but overall between all of those units, considerable amount of public land. And, you know, bull for bull coming out of there probably isn't all that exciting, but there are enough guys the last couple of years that are shooting just some absolute giants out of that part of the state for how good the drawing odds are at a you know a fairly low point total, that's definitely something to consider for a guy that's willing to kind of know what he's getting into. Like, we're not going to see a lot of animals per day, but there is a
0: chance. Uh, at something special up there for sure. Good stuff. Um, let's dive into antelope. Sure.
1: Um, You know, talk about a conservation success story. I think Nevada is probably really, you know, that's one thing to probably call out, Jay. Like, uh, where that antelope herd was even, you know, 20, 30 years ago to where it is today has been pretty amazing. I think Nevada uh, Department of Wildlife has really um, pushed hard for that. And to the extent that you even have a couple of these units that they're doing captures and relocations, uh, not only into different parts of Nevada, but also even into other western states. So, kind of kudos to them for, um, all of the work they've done because it's really paying off. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of 15 inch channels. like when you do your harvest reports in, uh, um, in, uh, Nevada for the, and, and you've been successful, that's gonna be one of the questions that they ask you. And so it's one of the, the data fields that you can research and look at. And uh, the, uh, the number of uh, buck antelope with 15 inches or better last year was uh, 30%. 30% of the, all the bucks that were killed had over 15 inches on one side or the other. Now, that doesn't necessarily wow. mean the Boone and Crockett antelope. That doesn't mean, you know, it, it, there, there's a lot more scores than just the length uh, uh, for an antelope. But if you're looking for a classic, you know, nice, solid antelope, um, again, it's Nevada, so it's a little bit more difficult to draw. Um, There isn't a ton of tags available. But when the day comes, you're not just going for a run-of-the-mill antelope hunt on a lot of the different units. You've got a chance at at something special happening for sure. Um, As far as, you know, top picks, 33s always kind of stood out as, as probably above average. That's kind of been the long um, the, the long uh, what, for a, a number of years. That's been one of the top picks. But really any of that stuff up in the in the northeast corner um, it, or excuse me the northwest corner is really going it, is producing well. And then as soon as you get down towards the Humboldts um, and some of the more established populations you've got in 161, 162, um, even those units are producing some, some real nice antelope for sure.
0: I want to bounce back to something that you had said just to make sure you had mentioned the silver state tag and wanted to clarify, is the silver state tag offered for mule deer, elk, and sheep or is that just for sheep
1: sorry yeah it is actually so it's offered for um it's it's i don't believe there is one for the rocky or the mountain goat um but for the the cow there is a specific one for the california bighorn a specific one for the desert bighorn one for the elk one for the deer and one for the antelope
0: okay and so in order to buy a silver state tag do you also have to apply in the state of of nevada so in other words it's a it's an added bonus to allow someone to put in for silver state or can you do silver state without even applying in the general draw?
1: You know what? That's a good question. Uh, Jay, I, I I tell you what, so many of the guys we work with it, it's, it's an and, uh, type situation, but as far as whether that's possible without it or not,
0: um, I I don't know that one off the top of my head. I, I, and the I, the silver state tag is in is. essence like a governor's tag, right? I mean, you, I mean it's like the Arizona Super Big Game or a big game super raffle where you have basically a whole year or a long period of time, let's say, to hunt that specific animal and it's basically like a governor's tag. You can go and hunt a bunch of different units, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. yep. It's, it's not i don't
1: think it's quite um, as open as the dream tag is i i want to say and god i'm going to going to make another blunder on a j scott podcast i think
0: i no, think i mean if you don't know of exactly things, off the top of your head yeah, i but, think I mean, one of
1: the it, things is you're you are required to hunt uh established season dates in in whatever unit you want to but you still have to be In established season dates with the silver state tag versus
0: the dream tag. It's just, it's, it's exactly like a governor's tag. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. From, from you guys' own personal application strategy, um, you know, how do you approach Nevada as far as your own strategy? Sure. Whether it be for whatever animal.
1: You know, at this point, Jay, for me, and with uh, with the uncertainty around it, because there is no max point or anything like that, um, at, right now, everything I'm doing in Nevada is 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 trying to draw the very best that exists for the deer and the elk and the antelope. Like all five of my selections, I know that they're horrible odds. Um, but I'm I'm trying to, to draw something very special when the day comes for Nevada because I have so much going on in some of the, these other states. Meanwhile, um, like say on the California Bighorns, I'm going to have Unit 12 in there because I think there'll be less uh, uh, less people applying for it. And then the deserts, I'm I'm looking for the very best odds that I can on all five selections. I I mean same as. I, I do pretty much everywhere right now is it doesn't matter how hard or physical or the low success rates, I'm just applying for hopefully what everybody else
0: doesn't want. And I do it. What about you, Jason? I do it a little different than Jordan. Jordan always preaches having the your the best chance to draw in, on those sheep tags. My my strategy is like his on elk, deer and antelope. I'm applying for the best units, even including sheep. I don't I don't out that little tiny bit of odds. If I draw the tag, I want it to be a great tag if I'm lucky enough. I believe I'm lucky enough to be the first one out of the hat, so I'm gonna, I want the best time in the state. Yeah, I kind, of, I kind of fall in that application strategy across the board in the West and wanting, if I'm going to get a tag, I want it to be a a uh, really good tag, um, and you know. But the reality is, we should probably all of us take Jordan's strategy of the sheep because the odds are so against us of drawing that. The reality is, you up your odds even when you're looking at you know less than one percent chance of draw odds for sheep. Um, the reality is, a lot more of us should probably be, you know, trying to just get those sheep tags. Uh, so I see both sides of it for sure. Um, guys, uh, obviously, leave you a chance to, um, you know, if we missed anything or what have you, but uh, also want to double back and talk a little bit about the draw and as a company, what you guys, you know, what your everyday focus is in talking with customers and strategy of your company and goals working with clients uh, on a day to day basis. Uh, basically, double back to that and talk a little bit about your business. I know it's, it's ever-growing every day. Um, so, you know, what do you, what do you guys think on an everyday basis, what you guys are doing, talking to clients? Like, what what does an everyday deal, you know, encompass for you at the draw? So our everyday goal, Jay, is to get guys hunting, And what we want to do is we want to sit down with people, and our our clients, they hear this day in and day out, is we want to know what their goals are, and then we want to help them achieve those goals. If their goals are to hunt every year, then we go across the nation and we put together a hunt plan that gets them in the field every year. We can do that. We can get them on hunts every year. If guys want to hunt, like myself personally, I want to hunt 1%, top shelf, we have a plan built around those guys, too. And so our main focus at the draw is to get guys hunting as often as we can on the type of hunts they want They want to be on. Um, so we're really just based around a service. We have a, a very strong service. Um, we really, um, customer service is really pushed here at the draw. We really try and make sure that people that are working with us have every eye and t-crossed and we take good care of our customers and we just want to help our clients achieve their hunting goals whatever they are and not to be misunderstood with you want people to draw because you're going to get paid more you want them to draw and and get tagged so they can have the enjoyment of hunting you don't get paid any more or any less if they draw or don't draw uh, talk a little bit about that so that people know that, you know, you come from a standpoint of you want to get, when you say you want to get them hunting and in the field, that's when you know that they're the happiest uh, rather than we want them to draw because you get some extra pay scale.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Jay. I mean- we're, how we, uh, our, our fees are structured are a per application fee structure. So um, the, the, uh, a, a successful or an unsuccessful result in a draw isn't affecting any of the pricing um, that the client's going to see when they're working with us. It's very much based on you know just the number of applications. And then we do, we're the only company in the, that we're aware of in the country that offers two types of customer experiences when you're working with us. And essentially, once we build a hunt plan around what the, the client's goals are, then you're going to end up with this hunt plan as well, which is a very detailed outline of, of what we're doing and why we're doing it and what we expect around each of those applications. And then you end up with two types of invoices, essentially. One is a non-floated, which is simple. It's uh, We use the customer's credit card during the application process. We have it on file, and they see one charge up front for the number of applications that we're processing at $45 an application. And then moving forward, they see subsequent charges through the application season from the state websites as we're processing those uh, through or they can opt into what we call our floated program, which is, becomes like a one-time charge-out per year for that customer so that all the state fees, app fees, our service fees, and even maybe as importantly or more is the uh, if we're dealing with states like New Mexico or the sheep, moose, and goat in Idaho that's coming up here, then we actually uh, have a fee around putting up the money up front for the customer so that they're never out of pocket the thousands of dollars that it can take to get their name in a lot of different hats. So between that and then our Kids Apply Free program, which essentially if we, uh, whatever service floated or non-floated the adult chooses to use, then we can have any child that they would like in their family enrolled in our program, and it costs them
0: zero dollars to have a similar program as their parents that's awesome that's really cool that you guys do that um you guys are always such a wealth of knowledge and you do such a great job i uh, want to give you the floor to see if there's anything that you feel like we missed on nevada anything you want to cover make sure you let the guys know how they can reach out to you uh, i give you each a chance to do that Todd, we appreciate it, Jay. Your, your listeners are fantastic.
1: Like I say, we really enjoy, you know, it seems like we get into a little bit deeper conversations with them uh, when they when they call in and we enjoy that a lot. So if you've got, so if there's any others out there that just have a one-off question or want to dive into some theory and some of that type of stuff, uh, you can reach us at 575-222-1234. Uh, definitely encourage any of them to look us up on Instagram. Um, Our our handle there is at WeAreTheDraw. We're on Facebook as well and and YouTube, but uh, probably at WeAreTheDraw on Instagram is the one we're most engaged with. So call us, look us up, send us a message, whatever it is. And then your Uh,
0: website as well. What's your website, Jordan? It is uh, WeAreTheDraw.com. Okay. Great stuff. Well, guys, uh, probably the next time I'll talk to you, uh, I'll have hopefully about 75 more Goulds turkeys under my belt and have completed a bunch more Royal and World Slams with clients, and uh, we'll be uh, kind of mid-May, and we'll be needing to talk about uh, Arizona. Uh, I heard you mention about Idaho. I'm not sure when that deadline is. Um, Do you happen to know that off the top of your head?
1: April 30th.
0: Okay, April 30th, so probably not going to get a podcast in on Idaho, but if anybody out there is listening, uh, give the guys a call, and you can chat Idaho. Um, Probably the next time I'll talk to you, we'll be discussing uh, sheep and deer uh, in the state of Arizona, my home state. And um, always great having you guys on. I appreciate uh, the willingness to come on and and share with the listeners. Uh, I feel like you give... You give a lot, and that's the business you're in, and uh, it's always appreciated to feel like uh, you guys are giving all of that information out there as well as you get paid for that and you're, you're not holding anything back. So, um, guys, God bless you, and uh, thanks for coming on and sharing with us. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate it, Jay. Thank you. All right. Take care.